2: This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. This is hour two of our show. We're on every single day from three to five. Great to be with you today. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and former creator of the Dodgers 2022 World Championship t-shirt. All of them are on discount. And, uh, you know...
3: Hey, what happened?
1: That's what a lot of people are asking today. Hey, what happened?
3: Hey, what happened?
1: Well, the Padres happened, and I will say it again, as I did last hour. Congratulations, San Diego Padres fans. And uh, San Diego Padres, what a game this weekend. And, uh, you know, it's been a rough time for for L.A. They're going to do some soul-searching, but it's a great time for San Diego fans. Like I said, I'm for San Diego all the way now. We're going to beat the Phillies, and then hopefully uh, us or the Yankees, somebody's going to beat the cheating Astros. That's what I want. I think the Padres... Padres have a chance to win the World Series. I think that that is, I think they're going to beat Philadelphia. That's what I'm going to say. And, uh, you know, we'll see. So that's exciting. Good for Southern California. Good for the Padres. Good for San Diego. And uh, that is coming up. Well, we're not going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about uh, the election coming up. The election is now until November 8th. And, you know, here's a question for you. What really matters in politics for the believer? Like what really matters? I feel like sometimes we we put a lot of emphasis on each election, like that's going to really make a bigger impact than it really is going to. I mean, I, I think that you know, once you've been around long enough, and you know, every election is the most important election in the history of our country. And you know, in every election, I think feels that way. I think there are certain things about this one that feel that way, but I don't know um, what really matters in politics for the believer. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, if you want to call in and join the conversation. And I am encouraging you to vote. I'm, in my in my life, uh, I'm not just encouraging you, I'm strongly, does it matter to say strongly? <laughs> I know some people who are like, if they disagree with you, they'll say, I disagree with you. And you say, well, okay, I appreciate that you disagree, but uh, I have a different opinion. And then then the response is always, but I strongly disagree with you. Well, okay, what difference does that make? <laughs> you know, well, Okay, uh, I just disagree with you. I'm not saying it's strong that, that there's a level for it. But I am strongly encouraging you to vote. You should have your ballot by now. I think most people have their ballot. I think you can give it a little bit of time if you have not gotten that in the mail, probably depending on what uh, county you're in. The election is November 8th, but it's every day. You can fill out your ballot. You can mail it. And I really encourage you to do that for anybody listening. Do that. How many people are going to vote in this election? 40% of registered voters in California. And we wonder why things don't go too well. Uh, hopefully it'll be more than that, but probably barely 50% would be, you know, really good. There's no excuse. You've got the the ballot in the mail. When you're a Christian and you're filling out your ballot, what do you think about? Like long-term, what do you think about? I want to share with you a, a couple of things and uh, this week we'll talk about some of the ballot propositions, some other things that are on the ballot that I really want us to understand, and uh, hopefully we'll have a couple of guests to help us work through those things. So you know don't don't fill out your ballot willy-nilly and uh, send it in. Take some time to to really think about it. I think that matters for everybody. And you know my advice is don't always just go through the R's and D's and pick the R's and D's however you're registered. Really ask yourself what are these issues? What is true? The best you can tell. Sometimes we can't really tell, right? That's part of politics is there's a lot of deception. There is, we live in a time where there's not really very good reporting on so many things, and it's hard to know uh, what the the trust is. It's been called drive-by journalism, where the so often the in the news services, they sort of drive by an issue and they say, OK, this happened, but they don't really dig down to really explain why. And and if you watch cable news, they'll sit around and they'll sort of all get, come together and say, you know, come up with a theory about what happened and then talk about it as if that theory is really true. One of the issues that's on the, the ballot, and maybe you've heard a lot about it already and maybe you haven't, but I'm bringing it up. I'm going to give you a, just a couple of different angles to it than maybe what you've heard is proposition one. I think that whenever there is a proposition that is about life, about kids, um, you really have to look closely at it. There's a lot there about kids, right? There's a bunch of propositions that come on the ballot most of the time that talk about. We're going to spend this much money for kids and we're going to do this for kids and we're going to do this for the roads or we're going to do this for this and that. And then surprisingly, that, n- that money never gets to the roads or never gets to whatever. You know, we're going to have a bullet train in uh, from L.A. to San Francisco that will get you to San Francisco in two hours and 40 minutes. Is that happening? It's not happening. Did you know the New York Times actually <laughs> wrote an article about that? And the French company who was hired to build that train quit a few years ago because of our state bureaucracy, and they instead took a contract in the country of Morocco where they've already completed it. And they basically said California is the worst place to work on anything. These are the French. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number Um, if you want to join our conversation. Alvita King, you know who she is, she is an activist, she is the she was in Congress on her own in, in the state of Georgia. She's the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the daughter of uh, AD King and his wife Naomi Barber King. She spoke about Proposition 1 in California. And she had some really good things to say about it that I think we should listen to. Proposition 1 is the abortion amendment. And I think the way – if you haven't been up to speed on this, the way it has been portrayed by our state government is that all we're doing in California is taking what is already in state law and codifying it in the state constitution. Every state has a constitution and some state constitutions are kind of a mess. There's just all kinds of stuff in there. But it does override the rest of the laws in the state and the United States constitution overrides your, your state constitution. But every state has a constitution. California has a constitution. In there, it talks about how the government is formed and like things that a a top document will do in a bureaucracy, in an infrastructure, in in a business, which the state is. Well, the thing is about Prop 1 is that it's not simply codifying current California law. Current California law on abortion is that abortion is legal up until the time of viability of the child, meaning that the child could live on its own outside of the womb. Now, live on its own, of course, really, you still need a parent or somebody to take care of the child. You have to feed the child and take care of the child, okay, but live outside of the mother's body. And the viability number that is quoted most of the time is 24 weeks, most people in that business say, okay, 24 weeks is a viability. There have been some children born uh, at, I think the record is 20 weeks. There's been quite a few now who have survived at 22 weeks outside of the womb, but 24 is the number that is uh, stated there. In California, maybe you didn't realize this, it's actually illegal today to have an abortion in the third trimester or after the 24th week without having a emergency situation for life of the mother okay? or technical things. You can't Uh, kill the unborn child in California without extreme circumstances. You can't just do it on demand. Okay. It's not abortion on demand. What prop one will do is allow abortion for any reason up until the birthday of the child that you can abort the birthday on the day that abort the child, kill the child on the day that the child will be born. That's what prop one will do. And if you are doubting this, so I think that we're in the, the stage where, you know, What I believe has happened is that this was something that the state government, the governor, and our state house has tried to squeeze by everybody. You know, otherwise they would just say it, or otherwise they would actually write into the constitution the same restrictions that are in the state law. But they didn't do that. Well, Dr. Alveda King spoke out at this uh, recently here, and this is what she had to say:
4: Proposition One is very extreme. So the woman or the man who believes that a woman should have a right to choose whether she would abort a child or not, has to think that a late-term abortion means that a baby, full nine-month baby, can be aborted in the process of birth even. They used to call that partial birth abortion. So part of the baby was born, but as long as the full baby wasn't out, you could abort that baby at nine months. That is very extreme. Proposition 1, Prop 1 says that it is okay to abort a full-term baby. If you don't believe that it's okay to abort a 9-month-old baby, then you must vote no on Prop 1.
1: So that is her thought on this. Did you have you heard this before? You you've heard it before if you listen to our show regularly. You've heard it before if you are listening to Uh, people on the the pro-life side of California, but there are also people who are on the pro-choice side who are raising a lot of questions about this in California. Uh, Dr. Alveda King continued to say this. People are often shocked
4: when they discover that in America it is legal to abort a child up until delivery. A full 9 months pregnancy can be still aborted. So I ask the question, is it right to abort a person on his or her birthday. How severe is that? How extreme is that? That you can abort children through nine months. So when we go to the poll, we have to think about what we're voting for. We are allowing a full grown baby to be aborted up until the time of birth.
1: Now, let me ask you something. Now, if you are a pro-choice person, if you believe that abortion should be legal that whatever it is, that is your philosophy of belief about that. You believe that the mom has the right to choose or that it's between the doctor and the mom and uh, it's mom's own body, those kinds of arguments, all that kind of stuff. Do you believe that there is any limit that can happen that should happen at all to protect that child at any point during the pregnancy, any limit? We're not talking about the extreme cases. Okay. Obviously life of the mother. Okay. Extreme cases like that. If you're pro-choice, And you vote pro-choice, and that's maybe one of the things that you vote on. How far is it until there is something that says to you in your own thinking, this shouldn't happen at this point? Where is it that you say, you know, I think first trimester or first three months or 12 weeks or 15 weeks, where is the line? Where is that line that should happen? I'd be really curious to know if there's anybody who really thinks, you really think, that a baby can be aborted for any particular reason on its birthday. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. 528 2557 The reason this is a big issue is because I think this goes beyond Democrats and Republicans or pro-life and pro-choice because the, the studies say, the surveys say, that most people, even if you are pro choice, if you're pro abortion, you're not in favor of abortions after the baby is viable. That's why most of the laws, in, including in this state, and we're as liberal, I suppose, if that's the right word, I don't even know if it's fair to liberals. As progressive as you can get in this state is where we are. Um, we have that restriction. The progressives, for lack of a better word, which is the far, far left, okay, um, are pushing nationally. Okay, nationally for abortion all the way up until birth. I don't understand this because 80 percent, according to the Rasmussen poll of Californians, do not support abortion up to the time of birth. But it's a issue all across the country. In Arizona, our neighboring state, Katie Hobbs, is running for governor. And she's running against uh, Republican Carrie Lake. He houses the Democrat. Lots of different things in that election that are interesting. But she has been questioned about this. And do you have any restrictions at all on when a child's life can be terminated? This is what she said on CNN this weekend.
4: Politicians do not belong in that decision. But what do you support? What should the limits be? The, The decision about abortion should be between a patient and their doctor. So there should be no limits in the law? It should only be decided in the medical office? Government making these kind of mandates interferes with the care that doctors need to provide to their patients. They don't belong in these decisions.
1: Okay. So this is CNN. This is Katie Hobbs, a Democratic uh, governor candidate in the state of Arizona. Polls have it very, very close. It could go either way. Um, she's being pressed by a CNN reporter on what her view is and how far until you can have any restrictions at all on when an abortion can come. And and she's being asked the same question that we're dealing with with Proposition 1 in California. Should we allow abortions all the way up until the birthday? And she continues this way.
4: So just to be clear, if you uh, become governor, you will push for a law that has absolutely no limits in any point of the pregnancy on abortion. That's your position. That's what you would want to be the law of the land in Arizona. The fact is right now that we have very limited options and that we need to get politicians out of the way and let doctors provide the care that they are trained to provide, the health care that their patients need. Politicians don't belong in those decisions.
1: Is there some place where politicians do belong in that decision? Meaning leaders, people, people who lead our country, people who represent us. Politicians are involved in all kinds of decisions about, about safety, about health care, about all kinds of things. This is, and what I'm getting at here is I don't understand, Just, and I'm talking about if I was a political advisor for Katie Hobbs, why am I not saying, hey, what the 80% of people think that once there's viability, you shouldn't have an abortion. Why don't you say that? I don't understand. Here's what I'm I'm getting at. Now, I, I have some thought about it. Okay, I'm not just like completely confused. 888-528-2557. But I, I want to know, and I want to challenge you if you are pro-choice, you can call me and disagree and give me some reason. Um, and I mean, pro-choice up to the point of birth. Why is this happening? And it's happening, this is the Democrats. And in California, a lot of people that I'm speaking to right now are, are Democrats. The only, the only way that California is going to change in issues of crime or issues of homelessness or in abortion or name your your topic is if democrats vote differently as democrats i mean republicans you all in independence you can go out there and vote but you know in any state and this is true and if you were if we were a red state the republic only way that that state changes is if republicans start to vote differently right how far does this need to go and i'm saying as as a person who number one, I'm coming from the standpoint that all life is is valuable, that the unborn child's life is valuable as valuable as the mom's, I get that there's nuance and that there are different ways that people can approach this issue. I get that that government involvement is uh complicated for issues even beyond this. I get it, but I also think that you gotta default toward life and especially at the point where almost everybody agrees it's a baby. It's not a clump of cells. It's not anything but a baby. It has By that point, it's got a name probably. It's got, uh, you know what the, uh, the gender is. It's not some sort of uh, ridiculous thing in there where it's, it's saying, you know what, I'm looking down and I see what I've got, but uh, I'm really the other gender. That was actually stated recently, that the unborn child already knows they're transgender. That's crazy. We've lost our mind in all of that. This is a national issue, and the thing is that I want to point out is that it's not just some weird California thing. So in California, Proposition 1, which I'm asking you to vote no on, I'm just going to say that, regardless of your party, I don't think it's left and right. I don't think it's Democrat or Republican. I think that a very small number of people who support this kind of thing are trying to sneak it by by saying we're just – codifying california law that's what happens a lot in these propositions by the way somebody is sneaking by something sometimes it's corporate interests sometimes it's you know unions sometimes it's some other group it's left and right sometimes you know the republicans might put something on there that really makes republicans mad so it brings them out to the to to vote or democrats do the same thing but they know that the law that's written isn't actually going to be upheld because it's probably terrible And it's more not about the law, but about getting you to vote for them, because if you come out to vote for that, you'll probably vote for them. See, there's a there's a strategy that goes on beyond the issue. But this is something national in in Georgia in the Senate race in Georgia, Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. Warnock is the incumbent senator. Herschel Walker, yes, is the football player. He is the Republican candidate. And uh, both of these guys, by the way, are not very good candidates. And abortion is on both sides an issue. Uh, Walker is being accused of paying for multiple abortions from old girlfriends. He's denying it. Um, There's been both sides uh, pretty significant accusations about each other's character, some of which are true, some of which they're denying. Uh, I get that. They actually had a debate this weekend, and uh, I pay attention to these things. I don't know that uh, everybody does. Uh, surprisingly, uh, and I was surprised, uh, Herschel Walker won that debate. The New York Times said it was a draw. That means that he won. And they had this exchange about abortion.
3: This room is too narrow and small and cramped a space for a woman, her doctor,
1: and the united— Speaking—let me, uh, me back that up. Speaking is Raphael Warnock. So he is in favor. The question, again, is should we allow abortions right up to the time of birth— Okay, so this is not just your old pro-life, pro-choice argument via Roe. Okay, Roe versus Wade. This has suddenly gone to the point of can we have any restrictions at all? Is there a time when the unborn child has rights? In California, the answer on our ballot is Proposition 1, which will allow abortions right up to the time of birth. I need you to know that. And I need you to know that if you're pro-choice, because this affects you. Statistically speaking, voting for yes on Prop 1 would go against the values of 80% of Californians. And this is one of the questions I'm asking here. Do we really vote our values or do we just vote our party? Do we really vote our values? How does a Christian even approach how to vote? Do we just vote whichever party we think is the more godly and there's people on the right and left who think that their side is more biblical than the other. And if you've never heard that then you're not paying attention to different people's arguments. What is it? When we come back I'll let you hear that that answer and a couple things because I'm curious why you know this is something that is happening in our country on this subject. Roe versus Wade gets overturned. It's obviously a huge issue in the campaign. But I'm thinking that if I were a political consultant, I would not be advising Democrats to say what they're saying. And uh, I'm wondering why that is. I'll going to take a break. 888-528-2557. We'll come back with Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock's exchange and a couple other thoughts on this subject. 888-528-2557. If you want to join our conversation, you can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues.
2: Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557 if you'd like to join the conversation. I asked this question when it's election time, and I want you to know that uh, it's time to vote. It's time to pay attention and get involved. How are you feeling about it? What do you think is going to happen? And on the issues of the day, how does a Christian vote? Like, what what is the long term goal? You know, for for you as you vote, you got to, people you're going to vote for, people you're rooting for this time around. Okay, what's the long term goal? Does politics have anything to do with it? I mean, in the in the end, I'm going to say, obviously not. Jesus is going to come back one day, and probably our politics by then are are done if we even exist. And Revelation makes it pretty clear that other than the kingdom of God, nobody's kingdom is going to make it. Everybody's kingdom is a failure. Everybody's kingdom ultimately is against, you know, what the Lord wants. You can criticize, you know, every form of government and every government all you want to in different ways that it doesn't really help people um, and isn't doing everything godly. But you still have to, in the sinful world that we live in, the world we live in now, I think you still have to pick one that you think is best, uh, and do that and try to make it better. But in the end, we know that they all failed, and that's good news. We're going to be sitting in the kingdom of God where we will have a king. There will never be an election, and we will be glad about that. In this world, we're very glad that we have elections. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. 2557 We were talking about Proposition 1. Proposition 1 is on your ballot here in California, and it would allow abortions all the way up until the time of birth to be legal for any reason. Um, Not just life of the mother or those kinds of, of difficulties, but for any reason you can abort a child up until birth, the birthday of the child. And that is not what current California law is. That is not even what most people believe in California. So I believe this is not even a Democrat or Republican or left and right issue. It's a far left issue. And everybody else is what I think it is. But it's not just California. And as I say that, the reminder is vote no on Proposition 1 because you are allowing California to have abortions right up until the birthday of that child for any reason. Any reason of convenience, any reason I get nervous, any reason, you know, life circumstances change sometimes. Okay, then you take the life of the child. Really? a uh, eight-month-old child, you're going to take the life of? um, No. We need to say no to that. And the studies say that most of us— Democrats and Republicans alike in California would say no to that. So why are we doing that? And we're not just doing it here. We're doing it across the nation. In Georgia, in the debate, this came up again between uh, Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, the Republican, Raphael Warnock, the Democrat. He's the incumbent senator, both candidates, I I recognize both of them have significant moral questions about both of them, okay? It's a, another discussion, you know, do you vote for the lesser of two evils or do you just vote for some third party or not vote? How do you vote, you know? Um, and people are going to have different opinions about that. You know, do you vote on policy and then hope to get a better person the next time? You know, how do you do it? That's not really what I'm getting at here. In the debate, we mentioned how this is in Arizona the democratic candidate would not put any restrictions on abortion in arizona the democratic candidate i'm not trying to pick on the democrats It's just that this is happening with democrats and so if you're you're democrats today you know why why is this happening with your party what happened to safe legal and rare if you're pro-choice what happened to that and most people most democrats don't agree with this and i see i look at things often as if i were the political advisor i do this with both parties Right. If I look at something President Biden would say and I'd say, you know, I would have done this instead of that. It's just a thing I do in my head. And I've been in campaigns where I've done that. I don't understand who is advising people to go against what most Americans, even most Democrats think. In this debate, this was these are some clips from an exchange on abortion where Warnock is asked about abortion right up until the time of birth. And Herschel Walker gives a response to it room is too narrow. And this is, uh, this is um, Warnock, Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker will respond.
3: This room is too narrow and small and <laughs> cramped a space for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. We are witnessing right now what happens when politicians, most of, most of them men, pile into patients' rooms. But did he not mention that there was a baby in that room as well? And also did he not mention that he asked him that he's asking
1: the taxpayer to pay for it, so he's bringing the government back into the room. It's a great response, actually, to that question, because there, you know, there is a baby here. We're talking about third trimester. Uh, this is John Fetterman in uh, Pennsylvania Senate race. What he had to say.
3: Abortion rights deserve to every woman, regardless of where, straight, excuse me, what state that you live.
1: All right, so we don't really understand what he has to say. <laughs> there, are, there are a lot of bad candidates out there, and some of them are facing each other. It's going to be an interesting night elect, you know, on the election. What is it? Why, why is this being defended? It's something that is new. It's not something that most people believe in. And as believers, whether you are considering yourself a Republican or a Democrat or independent or whatever you are, Where is the point where you draw a line, even against your own party, on whatever the issue is? Where is the point where we take a look at what does Jesus want us to do, where we look at our citizenship being in heaven first on this? 888-528-2557 is the number. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation Another clip from Alveda King, she is Dr. Martin Luther King's niece, and she was speaking on California's Proposition 1. And she did have something to help answer this question, when do believers, how should we take a look at the events that are political and and be involved? Where do we draw that line? This is what she had to say.
4: We have been conditioned as human beings, especially in America to try to think that there's a separation between church and state. So people have been trained. If someone asks you about an issue that is discussed around an election, it's political. Don't talk about it. And so when people say abortion is a political topic, Uh, surgery on trans, minor surgeries on children, that's political. Don't talk about it. That's bad. So what I say to people is we live in a real world, We do not invite God out of our conversations. We invite God into the conversations, and then that will guide us even when it's time to vote.
1: I thought that's a pretty good statement there, because I'm wondering wondering if we just don't know how to talk about it, or we take issues like abortion, or we take issues like the surgeries, the transgender sex change surgeries that are being given to minors today, and there's a lot of screaming about that coming from people who are transgendered, who are saying, hey, don't do it as a kid. You have no idea what you're getting into. Some Most people re, you know, wish they didn't do it. Some people are okay with it, but they, they feel like they were never informed about the fact that you become a lifelong medical patient, that you become owned by the pharmaceutical companies. There's so many different issues there. See, I think Alveda King is making this right point, that we should not take these issues that are Moral issues about the protection of life and step out of them because they're just political. You know, tax policy, I think we should be in that conversation because I think it matters. And everything ultimately affects people because that's who we are. But I think you can be for or against different ways of taxation. There is a point Though where you you can't you know what you know what I'm saying eight 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 five two eight two five five seven, let me get to your calls here, Eddie and Fullerton, welcome to Southern California live
2: Hi, thank you for taking my call yeah um yeah i I think this question is very interesting, especially uh from a non christian perspective uh i'm not I don't profess the faith, but living in a you know civil society alongside other Christians, I sometimes hear. Uh, that they would like to vote in biblical principles mm. into policy and I'm curious like where do, where is the line drawn because <clears throat> divorce is uh perfectly legal in uh, most in in the United States but for some reason uh, like gay marriage for example is something they would say is against biblical uh, biblical principles but somehow divorce is not you know, something like that. Sure. I think is a good example of uh how I see it's like they kinda of pick and choose which biblical principles they'd like to vote into policy. So yeah, that's my two cents.
1: Hey, let me ask you something, Eddie. As somebody who's who's not a believer, how do you view these things? Do you view do you believe that there is a, a moral obligation of society to draw the line on on some of these things, whether it be uh, divorce or uh, gay marriage or uh, abortion—you know—is—is yes. is there a policy, uh, you know, that we should be having as a society that's not really attached to one religion or one religious philosophy, but that's just better for society?
2: I do agree that there um, is a common moral ground that I have with people not only of that of Christian faith, but of other faiths, and I think a lot of people around the world would have similar uh, moral standards, but uh, I'm not necessarily, necessarily saying it's the same all around the country, because you know, we've tried different stuff. Um, we tried prohibition, and and that that was backed by a Christian uh, Christian temperance
1: yeah. movement,
2: and we've found out as a nation that we shouldn't put that type of morality into the policy, because it actually doesn't... Uh, it's hard to govern a nation that practiced in that, in that state because I don't know, prohibition gave rise to lots of other ugly things.
1: Yeah. It gave and, rise uh, to Al Capone and organized crime and everybody making drink in their bathtub.
2: Right. And if you look at before that women didn't really drink, but after uh, it was more so socially acceptable, I'm not saying that that's bad, but mm-hmm. It, it almost had the opposite reaction that, that I think the Christian temperance movement wanted actually. And, but like, I think it's interesting in here in California, we have a on on marijuana use. I think that's also smart because putting everybody in jail. And
1: Are you still there, Eddie?
2: And a whole lot of,
1: I, yes. You're kind of going in and out. We, I heard putting everybody in jail over what?
2: Uh, a minor wheat possession hmm. i don't think that's uh, i don't think that's politically smart either so i think i think this conversation is very interesting because in america we have to come to the table of democracy where we live alongside each other of different faiths we're not supposed to have one religion over another we're supposed to vote so i as long as we're um i think uh, as long as we're coming together to t- try to have this conversation, I think it's a good thing. I think when it breaks down is when people kind of say, oh, I need to vote in my um, religion into government. I don't like that.
1: Yeah. So It would work better um, if people just make the argument of what's better for public policy. I like that. Uh, and that works better. I got to take a break, but I appreciate your call very much, Eddie. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live The number is 888-528-2557. I'll talk more about the idea of public policy and why we need to think of it that way as soon as we get back. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join our conversation. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation. Before the break, Eddie called, and he was talking about the difference between – in the conversation of public policy, so we've been talking about that with Proposition 1 and abortion issues across the country – um and where does a christian get involved and how do we get involved in this conversation one of the points he was making is that often christians come to the table with christianity like our christian reasons for why a policy should be one way or the other but that's not really a selling point to the majority of people who aren't christians or who don't really believe that you know for example if you in the gay marriage issue for example i happen to think that the way that was approached backfired on a lot of people obviously it's it's nationally accepted now well, one of the things that happened is if the argument nationally is that marriage represents Christ in the church and therefore uh, marriage should be between a man and a woman and the the bride of Christ when, and is the church and, and Jesus is the groom, those kinds of things, they're not really going to sell in, in the society. There's a much better argument to be made about child rearing, about the importance of family, about how a civilization works, and it's really hard to deny that our civilization is falling apart because of the breakdown of the family – I would certainly argue that. There's a different conversation there. What, how do we have conversations that are something that actually takes what we believe as Christians, and this is a Christian show if you're just listening, and says, okay, but how does this, what I believe, if it's true, then it's going to impact the culture in the best way if we uphold it. How do we do that? 888-528-2557 is the number. Crystal in Malibu, welcome to Southern California Live.
5: Hi, um, Scott, I really appreciate your show and all of your wisdom and um, how you have brought people together through it, through these trying times. But, um, you know, I believe in this, you know, we vote politicians so that they represent us and what they should be representing is life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. If these things that they're doing are against these principles, then those values, should be laid aside in other words they shouldn't be in policy anything um having to do with gay marriage or anything like that should stay out of it and the reason why we have such a you know major interest in these things is because there's special interest groups that are funding politicians to do these things and to vote their way and to bring these issues into um, into politics. Do you think that so funding is behind
1: a lot of why we're kind of where we're oh, at with this? yeah. Oh,
5: yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. That's the main reason I, I agree, I think, you know, if I think religiously, you're right. In the Bible, it says specifically for man to marry, I mean, a woman to marry a man, and the reason for marriage is for procreation, okay? It doesn't say a woman and a woman to get married, and the reason is for them to, you know, that's, it's, I'm sorry, but it's very perverse. And that kind of perversion should stay out of politics, okay, because um, our you know, Constitution, the people that wrote that did an excellent job. Yeah. And for us to just, like, throw that in the trash and say it doesn't have any meaning, you know, we're just going to do what we want to do. Yeah. Well, guess what? I you, think, know what uh, happens,
1: well, yeah. you know
5: what happens to societies that do that? It's in It's going to be
1: a bad thing. It's yep, Crystal, appreciate your call. And I think funding has a lot to do with the uh, question I'm asking. Let me take uh, William and Fullerton. William, welcome to Southern California Live.
3: Hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you always uh, bring up, uh, uh, great topics, and I don't always have time to call in, but this, you know, this, this, uh, abortion till the moment of birth is, is, uh, it's not right. I would ask, uh, any, even somebody who's an, uh, an atheist or, uh, anti-religion, to ask them, aren't you glad your mother didn't make that decision to abort you? I mean, and everybody that's for abortion somehow is already living. It's just, it's, it's, uh, I have no words to describe it. Other than this is it like your previous caller said, it's, it's, uh, money. There's, there's, there's bad money being thrown at the politicians to to start all this trouble
1: i think that and uh william i think you're right i think thank you for calling southern california live i think it's the money because one of the big questions i was asking is why is it that on this issue right now nationally for democrats see if i was a democratic political consultant this is what i would say and i'm saying this from from this standpoint and i i watch this all along i do you know, a a lot of sort of scorekeeping almost as a sport. Okay, the politics. I know it's a lot more serious than that, but I like to take a look at the strategies and who's going to win and those kinds of things. Uh, Six months ago, seven months ago, Republicans are going to win by a huge landslide. It was going to be monstrous. And then Roe versus Wade happened and it was reversed and Democrats picked up a lot of momentum. And then it began to look like, you know what, I think that this is going to be a lot closer. It's still probably going to be closer than what I thought six months ago or seven months ago. But. And the Democrats, if you're a Democrat, this was the thing, right? You get the emails and it says I'm on everybody's email list, so I read everybody's stuff. I didn't ask to be on anybody's email list, by the way. I'm just on everybody's email list. Not sure how that happens. Every candidate on all sides, I get your emails. Stop it. You're spamming me. I'm tired of it. But I do read it sometimes. It's supposed to be roe November, right? This is going to be the big victory uh, for Roe versus Wade in November, and, rever- and it's going to return the tide. And it's going to be the big issue. But over time, it's changed back to the Republicans. Now all the momentum, once again, is to the Republicans. I would say probably. Republicans, for sure, win the House. They're probably going to win the governors. They'll probably win the Senate, but it's super close. There's a possibility, though, that it's not going to be close, that it will be that wave again. And just politically, I'm wondering – a big thing the reason that the abortion issue is not a big issue, not as big an issue. Part of it's the economy is definitely number 1. The kitchen table issues matter right now because people are really hurting across the board. But I've all, I've just thought to myself, why is it that nationally speaking all these candidates are suddenly on the page of abortion all the way until birth and not saying, "Hey, I think there should be some restrictions once the child is viable, when that is what the law is, even in California and most of our blue states. Why is that changing? I do think it's money. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. That's what I think. I think that you you callers have it right today, uh, as you so often do. And I think that's kind of where it comes, because the political funding is out of control. You know, why do people support extremes on one side or the other? A lot of it's money. You know, why do we not solve issues? I have this opinion. I've shared this many times. I'm going to share it again. My opinion is that 80 percent of us, okay, could probably find a solution to most of our big deal issues in the country. Immigration, guns, taxes. Um, corporate policy, you name it. What I'll bet that if we just sort of had a casual conversation, like we do sometimes on the show, I'll bet that we would agree. You know, the polls say that most people think that abortion should be legal in the first trimester. Okay, I don't. I'm just saying what the polls think. But most people think it should not be after that, and almost Eighty percent of people between 70 and 80, depending on the poll, do not think abortion should be legal once the baby is considered viable, which is about 24 weeks, third trimester. That's what most people think. I think I think most people think we should have control over our borders, both borders, but we should have an immigration policy that really helps people who are genuinely asylum seekers or genuinely trying to migrate here or immigrate here. I think people could find agreements on that. I think that there are a million things like that not a million but on all, all the issues. I think that's where we are. I think this is a time for us to speak into public policy. For Christians, can I can I ask you this that I believe the scriptures teach clearly that that the unborn child is made in the image of God, okay? That we are knitted together inside of the mother's womb. Um, and that that's where life begins. It makes sense to say life begins at conception. I realize people want to have different nuances, different things, but I believe you can make that determination of issues like marriage and and immigration and other things. The Bible has a lot to say about immigration and things that we should be aware of on all sides. I think that we have to make a better argument though for public policy and not just say, well, the Bible says, because that doesn't mean anything if you don't believe so. I think that one of the greatest apologetics for our faith is that when people see that what the Bible says actually works, see what I'm saying? It's not, it's not just because the Bible says it that makes it true. It's true because it's true. That's what makes it true. It's true because it is. It's because ontologically it's true. That is the, you know, when we die and go see Jesus, that's either true or false. And there's nothing that I can tell you that is going to make it less true or, or less or more false. It's either true or false. I believe that when everybody dies, they're going to go meet Jesus, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. I think that that is literally true. If it's not true, then none of that's going to happen. But I think it's true. And if it's true, then I think having public policy about loving people, caring for people, being involved, speaking out for those who are oppressed, speaking out for the unborn, speaking out even for the person who is in poverty, who is at the border coming here for a better life, there are ways to do this that is much better. And you should also speak toward crime, toward uh, the fentanyl crisis that has a lot to do with the border. There are so many things that I think most of us actually could speak well to in public policy. And as Christians, I think that we should have confidence in the truth of our faith, confidence that we're made in the image of God, confidence that that means something. That's why we care about people, because it's inherent in who we are. There's a lot more I can say about that, and I will, but not today because we're out of time. I see your calls. I can't get to your calls because we're done. But thank you for this conversation. We'll continue it. We're on every single day from 3 to 5. Right here on Southern California Live, I'm Scott Furrow. Thank you for listening. I will see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military.
1: Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first
0: audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.